Hey guys, I just wanted to get on here and give you some context for this episode. I recorded it about two weeks ago, so it was before that the drastic turn really happened in the United States, and I just want to say that if it seems like I'm taking light of the situation, I'm not, and my heart goes out to Italy and other countries and people who are really suffering, and those who have loved ones and friends who are suffering or have lost loved ones and friends due to the coronavirus, my heart goes out to you and I'm praying for you all, and that if my body sounds like it's fighting my lungs for a breath, It was because I just came off a 16-hour road trip and my body was readjusting to being back in Arkansas in the Arkansas weather. And so with the weather changing, uh, my allergies started acting up a lot and my voice started changing because it was dealing with my body fighting itself due to allergies. And so I'm not sick. I've already been to the doctor. They say I'm fine. So I just want to get that out the way. I'm okay. I hope you're okay. Stay safe. And I hope you enjoyed the episode. What's up and welcome to my internet abode. I'm your host Javon Massey and you're listening to the Workaholics Wisdom Podcast where we build, create, and inspire others to walk out their God-given purpose in life. What is up you guys and welcome back to Workaholics Wisdom. I am very happy to be back here talking to you. I have a few things to clear up with you and a few things to explain, and then we will get right into this episode. So first, I want to talk about why this is late. This is late because going into March, I had a family emergency. My uncle passed away suddenly, and so I had to deal with just managing my time better and getting stuff arranged and my mom flew out to North Carolina because that's where he lived and because it was so short notice there was just a lot of things I had to flip and I did plan on recording the episode beforehand and just putting it out early but because of that I had to take over um, some of the household chores and some of the household duties and that took a lot of time away from me and at the same time in the middle of a job transition and so I'm dealing with that on top of my grand, uh, my grandfather, my uncle passing away and then coming back and trying to get back into a routine. And then health wise, I have been getting back a little slower than I anticipated getting back into a routine. I went to the doctor and they still really don't know what's going on. It could just be increasing fatigue due to weather change and I don't have corona and goodness that's a whole other episode I'm thinking about talking about but that was a big thing of why this is late and so hopefully I will be able to do another podcast for this month along with April's but I just wanted to put that out there first. I really am working on being consistent. I'm also starting grad school next month. So a lot of there's a lot of change happening at the beginning of 2020. And so I'm just trying to balance that out. And I ask and thank you for your patience because I really do want to grow this, I guess, channel or episode or brand. So thank you for that in advance. So that is one thing I want to talk about. So now that we got that out of the way, I want to get into this episode. This episode is called Let's Talk Finances because tax season, I guarantee you at this point, I'm a little late in the game. You might have spent your return already, but I just wanted to put out some advice and some lessons that I have learned about your finances and how to make your return work for you in the best way. 
disclaimer I have like three disclaimers so the first disclaimer is I am not a financial advisor I am not a financial expert this is clearly me doing my research and off of what I have found and also also what I have experienced and hard lessons I have learned what you take to heart is not from me all for me personally it is a combination of other people's advice versus what I've learned versus what I found and researched so that is the first disclaimer second disclaimer I will have a different way of budgeting for myself that I will share it is faith-based it is biblically based on principles from the Bible but you do not have to follow it what I'm gonna say will definitely be up, can be applied with biblical principles and without biblical principles. So you do not have to apply the same principles I do. It's just what I do. If you want, if people who out there who want to apply what I apply, and if you don't, that's completely okay too. That's the second disclaimer. Third disclaimer is I do have a budget sheet. Again, I'm not an advisor. I have a budget sheet for my principles applied on it, and I have one that doesn't. That's mapped out for those who don't want to apply the biblical principles so i do have a budget seat sheet again i'm not an expert i'm not an advisor this is just advice and ways to make your return or any money you make work for you to build a good future for yourself financially okay with that said let's get into it so i'm going to be talking on the subject of personal budgets so this is not for your business this is not for like a big family this is not corporate this is not federal this is for you alone to get your finances right get your money right and have it work the way you want it to work so you can have control okay there are seven different type of budgets that i have researched and found and before i say any of this one regardless of what budget you choose you need to have an emergency fund of at least a thousand dollars i got that principle from dave ramsey of his thousand dollar emergency fund five hundred dollar emergency fund if you make less i think he said less than twenty thousand a year for those who like have a lower income but you always 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 regardless of what budget you want to apply you need to have an emergency fund of at least a thousand dollars because you never know what's going to happen. Life happens to us every single day and you never know what's just going to come and sucker punch you. That is number one. Number two, with any other budget you're going to apply, the biblical principles I apply to my budget system is tithe and offering. Well, I do tithe, offering, alms, which is missions, and seed. But the first two, like the 100% you should always, 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 always do if you want to apply these principles is tithe and offering. And that comes from Malachi's third chapter, and I'm going to read um, verses 8 through 12. If you want to read the whole chapter, I totally recommend it because there's a lot in there I think that you would benefit from and learn from. Uh, Malachi 3, 8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out you such pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fall to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So what tithes and offerings, um, what they are, 
is your tithe is 10% of your income. I go off my gross. A lot of people go off their net. I think it just depends on what you want, really. So the whole thing of tithes and offerings is God doesn't want your money. God doesn't need your money. I'm not going to go into a whole preaching session. But the big thing is it's checking your heart because if you are if you are in faith and you are a Christian, you, you believe if you believe in God and you trust God with your finances, which I'm still trying to do fully to this day. So I have to, a disclaimer on that. Basically, it's making sure that money doesn't rule your life and rule your heart and rule your mind. And tithe is what that is what belongs to God. So it's 10 percent of your income that belongs to God. And it's not just you give it to a church and you need to really just find the right church to put it into because I hate to say this, but a lot of churches and a lot of pastors are money suckers and they will not do what they're supposed to do with your money. They will take your money and spend it for their own good. And that is not what the whole <clears throat> principle of tithing is. Tithing is you taking what is not yours, just 10% of your income and giving it back to God. And God's going to take that 10% and bless the 90 that you have so that you can live in abundance. And so I can personally say just in my life, which I'm still growing and learning every single day, is when I do, I have been tithing for a really long time. I've noticed, and also because I do steward and take good care of my things because I like having nice things. I do take care of my things. Multiple times in my life, I have looked at my bank account thinking I do not have that much and I have way more than I expected. I expected. Or the check engine light comes on in my car and I go to an appointment and what would cost me like $150 is going to cost me nothing because they're like, oh, we got it covered at time. Like all of a sudden it's just like, what? And my stuff stays like up to date. Like I, things like ought to get covered for me that I expect to pay for. It's little things like that. And a lot of people want to call it luck, call it fate, call it just, you know, the stars working your favor. I call it blessed because I am being a good steward of my money and giving back what belongs to God in the first place. And so that's what tithe is. Tithe is a 10% of what your income going back to God. And I honestly say I would rather have 90% of my income blessed than have 100% of it not. Um, because there's many people that I've talked to who haven't tithe and their money seems to just get sucked out like a vacuum cleaner. And then when they do start tithing, then blessings just kind of start coming their way. And what that said, you don't tithe to get something out of it. Tithe because your heart needs to be there. Your heart used to be there first before anything because that's what God's really after. Okay. And so then with offering, offering is like your first fruit. So that's just something you just want to get. Like, you know, if your parents bless you with like, a, okay, like your parents bless you with a brand new car and all of a sudden you're like, well, I can take you to whatever you need to go. I can pick this up for you. Or if they give you a big chunk of money and you're like, I got dinner, you know, like I, I got it. You're basically being grateful for what you were given and that's really what offering is it's being grateful and just wanting to bless the lord and bless the kingdom of god and stuff by just being generous and being nice and wanting to i don't know just make the gift of giving is so much more rewarding than receiving so that's really what offerings are all about again look in the book of malachi and then the new testament book of matthew also have a big well not big have a lot of info and you can read about like tithing and offering and all that stuff and so it's not just the old testament principle it's in the new testament too that's why i said book of matthew 
um, and so that's the thing. And the other two things are missions and seed, and that can be, honestly, I might just make that a whole separate episode about the biblical principles of giving and how that's broken down. Um, Jesse Duplantis has a really good sermon called How Money Works, which is a very, I guess, detailed sermon. I mean, it's also biblical, but he breaks it down in a way where anyone can pick it up and like take notes and like, all right, I understand how this works. And he has a really good one. I'm going to try and find a video and see if I can link it in the show notes. And I'm also going to link that budget sheet I have. It's very basic. It's my basic budget planner. And I'm going to link the principle, I mean, biblical principle based one and the non-biblical principle based one. Um, if you want to download it and have something to write down, because I'm old school. I like to write stuff down. I know some people are still like that. So I'm going to do that too. Okay, anyway, so that was long, I'm sorry, but those are two things I wanted to get out of the way. First is number one, regardless of what budget you choose, always have an emergency fund, and an emergency fund is, is different from your savings. An emergency fund and your savings are not the same thing. An emergency fund is something you put money in and do not touch it unless it's an absolute emergency, like a tire, you need a new tire, or your car broke down and you have to go take it, get it towed and take it to a mechanic last minute, or you know, or like a light bust or your water heater bust and you just have you know it's things like that actual emergencies <clears throat> excuse my voice and again I'm still trying to get over I guess we're going to North Carolina or so if my voice kind of goes in and out I apologize I'm I'm been drinking tons of water and taking my vitamins like so I'm just really working on getting back to where it was okay so yes always have emergency fund and then the biblical principles that I apply first thing you want to apply Okay, so let's get into this. So the first, the, the seven budgets that I'm going to talk to you about are the no budget budget, the spending first budget, the savings first budget, the anti-budget, the 50-30-20 budget, the zero base budget, and the spending ceiling budget. First, the no budget budget, and this one and then the spending first are kind of like goals in life. The no budget budget is basically you don't have one. It's that budget where like I, the 0.1% of the population who either don't like never spend their own money. So like they manage to just not spend their money. Like they don't do anything or whatever, or people who make so much money that they will never miss the money they spend. Like they'll never see that gap because it's always being filled with money they make basically every day so like the literally 0.1% or the 1% or you know people who just are really smart with their money and so that one like that's a goal for me <laughs> that's a goal for me not that I'm a big spender or I don't know how to manage my money well but it would just be nice to not have to constantly be aware of how much money is going where in the sense of it has to be put somewhere else because I'm not going to be able to like continue doing whatever without it. And that's a part that's like for needs. That's not even for wants. That's for needs like groceries, bills, car, all that. So that's the no budget budget. The spending first budget. I don't really recommend this for the majority either because the like idea of it is to have an amount that you spend, like you get your income and you choose to spend this much amount. And then whatever, after you're done spending that much, you're going to save whatever left. I personally don't recommend that for people. And especially in the spending crisis we're kind of in right now, aside from the health crisis that we're in right now, I don't recommend that for the majority of people just because 
let's say you make three thousand dollars a month so you're if you get paid bi-weekly that's 1500 let's say you're like okay well i'm gonna spend 800 of that and the 700 is just gonna be you to whatever i personally i'm a person who believes you should always pay if you have loans and bills that you've got to pay that you're on payment plans for if you can pay any bills off in full like go ahead and do that but if you can pay off like credit card bills all in one go ahead and do that first if I'm a person like you need to take care of what you need to take care of and I always believe in spending like a little bit more like paying off more than your minimum I always recommend paying off more than your minimum on your payments because that's just one's going to get the loan to go down or the amount to go down faster and two it's going to help with your credit score too because then the creditors are looking at you and saying okay they really know what they're doing and they're stable so I recommend that. That's why I don't really recommend the spending first budget. Now, some people will go ahead and be like, that's me. I got it. I can do it. I'm good with my money. I'm low on bills. So I can just spend what I want to spend and say the rest. And more power to you. Like I say, go, if you think you got it under control, go for it. But for those who really need to take a handle on their finances and they have more month at the end of their money, I don't really recommend this one. The one I do recommend is the saving first budget, which is the pay, <clears throat> excuse me, pay yourself first budget. As so, okay, I say I recommend this, but with a few tweaks. So first things first, me personally, if you're going to apply your biblical principles, put that, put that first. That needs to be first before anything is your tithes, because that's putting God first. And if you put God first in your life, everything else will follow after. There is a scripture, but I cannot think of it right now. Um, it's like, seek the Lord on your ways and the rest will be added. I, I'm butchering it. I promise I will find it and link it because it's a good one. But basically, it's like you seek the Lord first and everything else will follow afterwards. I just think putting your tithes and offerings there first and just setting it aside. I think that is, for, that is really smart. And then savings should be third, which is paying yourself. In the sense of it wouldn't be savings first, but you need to pay what you can pay yourself is what you need to live on. So if you can't, because your savings essentially should be three to six months of your expenses. So if you can, if you're in a place where you can take what you need to live on and put that away first for savings and then take care of what you got to take care of. I would do that. I would calculate what you actually need to live on. And that's not like, oh, I need Netflix. I need um, HelloFresh. I need Disney Plus. You don't need those. That's like, I have a roof over my head. I got um, food in my belly and in my kitchen to, to eat with. I got lights to see. I got air I can breathe. I got water I can use. I got gas in my car to get to where I need to go. That type of stuff. That's what you can live on. And I would put that put that in the savings first. And then you can calculate, all right, so what are my bills going to? And that's all utilities, groceries, all that stuff that you can break down. And so that's why I really like that one. Because it's good. Also, not only is it establishing a savings account for you. And this is after an emergency fund. I would say if you are going to do this, make sure you do it for your emergency fund first before your savings. Because emergencies literally can happen. So much can happen in a day that you really need to put your emergency. That's why I said get your $1,000 in your emergency fund first. Then work on your savings if that's what you got to do. 
I think the savings first budget is a good for establishing good habits and good mindsets because you're prioritizing yourself in the sense of I'm making sure I'm covered. And sometimes you might have to sacrifice Netflix or sacrifice HelloFresh and go learn, get on some Pinterest, which is free, and learn to make some food on your own and experiment and get some recipes going and all that stuff to make sure that you're taken care of. And so that's why I like the savings first, because you're putting prioritizing yourself in a sense of you're going to be taken care of so you can take care of others. Because And don't take care of others and sacrifice yourself, because if your cup's empty, you can't help anybody else when your cup is empty. You're also creating the habit of creating a nest egg, which is going to help you in the future when you decide to like possibly start a family with somebody or start a business because with that when your business then you can start putting your business in a section where you can when you get money from your business you put your business first so things like that and it helps a big I guess I keep saying this because I can't emphasize how much emergencies <laughs> you need to be prepared for emergencies at any point because they are not fun to deal with and you have to put them on a credit card because it just sucker punched you and now you're even more in debt. You know what I mean? So that's what I like the savings first with tweaks, with tweaks outside of the tithe and offering. And so I like that budget. I think it's great. I think it's a good stable budget to be in for a minute. Like if you are beyond just starting, but you're not at the place where you feel comfortable with not letting someone else or loosening up on your budget yet, I think this is a good stable one to have. So the next budget I'm thinking of is the anti-budget budget, which is really, it's a new concept. I never heard of this before. And so reading an article, and I don't know who wrote it, but reading an article, the woman seemed to be really, I guess, keen on it. I don't fully agree with it. And the big reason why is because I read, there was another article linked to it about the woman who created it. And the concept is to set aside a set percentage of your income, which the higher, the better each month, and then spend the rest outside of that income or out, yeah, outside of that income. So like if you make $6,000 a month and that, so that'd be $3,000 each paycheck. So if you decide to spend to save 60% and that's all going towards your bills and repayments and all that stuff that's 3600 that's going towards that and then the other 24 is going to go towards what you want to spend and stuff which the reason why I don't agree with it is just because there's people who live above their means which I don't see it as ideal for and also that's no budget budget and spending first budget like if you live above your means I don't recommend any of those budgets for you. You really need to take a step back and figure out what is really important to you and what you can live without, honestly, because in the awesome society that we're living in, tiny soapbox moment, we take advantage of all the good things that has been put on this earth for us and for us to enjoy. And not that technology is not great. It's great. It's helped us a lot. We've come a long way evolving as a race and coming together and helping us with science and all that stuff but at the same time we have gotten to a place to complain to see with just expecting things to happen all the time for us whenever we want and I think if we take a step back and truly appreciate what has been put on this earth and what we are 
fortunate to have access to and what is um, available to us, I think that would help a lot of people figure out their finances and their habits. Back to the budgets, the anti-budget. So you set aside a set percentage of your income and then you spend the rest of it. If you are able to get everything under that $3,600 mark, good job, amazing. You really got yourself like in a place where you can, your willpower is amazing, your your needs and all that stuff is at a place where you are just taking full control. And I think that is great. If anyone does want to try it, I recommend for those who live by themselves or who are by themselves, who don't have to spend things on like children or pets, you know, they don't have to like help family members out. Like it's truly just them that they need to look out for. Again, apply with or without the biblical principles you want to but if you are applying the tithe and offering you need to put that into account with your budget first before you do anything else and not also just my opinion we can agree or disagree go for it hun that's all again from my life lessons and experience so yes the anti-budget again i don't fully agree with it the woman who wrote it when she was explaining it she was saying how some people still and it's true some people will still live paycheck to paycheck when they make like three thousand dollars per paycheck but for those who actually like I know there's a way they can probably start to sacrifice and so for some people they just straight up can't like they are literally living pay- paycheck to paycheck because that's the situation that they're in right now and what they could really use is help and so I understand that too this is just an option for those who really have conquered their spending and where they're putting their money so there's that one um the ones the next one is the 50 30 20 budget which I somewhat agree I go by and this is the one I also recommend besides the savings first is this one I think this one is great for starters like people who are just starting a budget because then you can put numbers to it so let's say if we do this we do the let's say you make a certain amount you put 50% towards your needs oh Elizabeth Warren got credit for this in this article so 50% towards what you need which your needs should not exceed 50% of your income period (laughs) 30% goes towards wants and then the 20% goes towards savings and debt repayment. Again, I kind of agree with this one with tweaks. Well, actually how they broke it down was, okay, so let's say you got a student loan repayment and your student loan is the certain amount of month. So the certain, the minimum payment of your student loan goes into the 50% needs category. If you choose to spend any or choose to pay any extra over that, which again, I recommend any extra you just, so let's say your minimum payment is $100. $100 goes into the 50% needs. If you decide to add extra 50 on that, the $50 of that 100 50 goes towards your 20%. That's how the person broke it down in the article and how the link broke it down. So that's going to go in that 20% category towards that savings and repayments. I personally believe if you really want financial independence, which is one of my goals right now, I will switch the 20 and the 30 with wants and savings. I will put 20% wants and 30% savings. And sometimes with my wants, if I can manage to just, I mean, honestly, it's not the end of the world if we don't have it. I have, and I haven't always been that way. I have grown to think that way. If I personally don't need it in that moment and I can wait another two weeks, another month to actually get it, I ain't going to spend really any money that on my wants. It's mostly going to go towards savings, pay, repayments, and needs. If you can live like that, I will high five you because especially in the one comparison, a lot of people are getting things that they really don't need in the moment. And if they don't buy it, the world's not going to stop spending on its access. And honestly, if people are that materialistic into judging you, 
you based on what you have and what you own. They don't need to be in your life anyway. That's toxic. And they need to step all the way back and take a seat. That's why I like this budget because even if you can't get to that mindset or if you have to work to that mindset or if you just don't want to even touch that mindset, it's still a great starting budget because now you're compartmentalizing your finances based on your stuff. So I would start with this one because then you can calculate what your needs are, calculate your wants. And again, Netflix and Disney Plus and HelloFresh and all that stuff, they're not exactly needs. I would put them in the wants. If you feel like you can handle, if your stuff works to where you're still okay, if you got even extra after that, then that's amazing. And you are blessed and you are in a good spot. And even if you can't even do 20% savings at the moment, start with five or 10 and go up by 1% every few months. I mean, even with the 20, you should always work up to have your tw- your savings percent bigger than wants or needs, in my opinion. Even if you have to start lower at like 5% or 10%, and then just go up at one by 1% every single, like every couple of months. Um, I would recommend that. But that one, that's why I really like the 50, 30, 20, because it's good for people who start a good one i got two more i promise and then we can get into financial tools that will help you with budgeting and all that stuff the second to last one is the zero based budget i admire this budget a lot i really do i don't know if i will ever get to the place of doing it i don't know if i will ever get to the place of actually doing it so the zero based budget it got credited to 3g capital but the quote from the millennial money man is you take the amount that you earn each month and then allocate money for different budget categories until there is nothing left or you zero out hence the zero based budget so basically what it is whatever your paycheck is it could be little or it could be a lot you budget every single cent until you when you or if, even if you calculate it on calculator or you're writing on a piece of paper some people this actually really works for them because it gives them a sense of control but it also lessens stress that way they don't have to think okay there's money just sitting here and if they have impulse shopping um issues or they are compulsive online shoppers or something like that then with the zero-based budget they don't have to think about it and it's not sitting there teasing them it's not sitting there taunting them they don't have quick access to it i think that's i kind of try to relate that back to dave ramsey's like cash envelope where you just take out cash you have envelopes for each bill you take out cash you put it in there you don't touch it i think that's a good one too but i think the zero-based is really good for people who literally every cent is counted for so they don't have to think about other numbers they don't have to think about what all this extra money could be going somewhere it is going somewhere so you don't have to think about where it's going you just got to put it out there or um automate which i highly recommend automating all or as many of your payments as as much as you can so that way you don't have to think about it you can't see it it's not sitting there teasing you and all that and that's why i really like the zero based i think it's great i don't know me personally i like a certain amount to be in my account at all times i don't like it to go under a certain number so the fact of it hitting zero just thinking about it just gets me a little antsy so i just i applaud those i admire those who can do it i think it's great for people who can't sit still with their money i mean there you have it guys like the zero based budget and so then this last one which was actually created by the person who the article and I cannot find her name is the spending ceiling budget 
which literally is you put a cap on what you spend. Like you get your paycheck, you said this is how much I'm spending, that's it, period. I'm not spending anymore. And the rest is going to go towards saving and bills and all that. I think they wrote this, from what I've read, they wrote this because it gives a little bit less stress as well to those who get anxiety about hitting certain numbers every single time. Like you don't have to worry about hitting a specific number every single time and being on the dot every single time and see I always find it I always do a praise dance whenever I'm under budget on something especially if it's like bills <laughs> and I'm like oh my gosh I what I'm under so I can take that money and put it somewhere else that's like beneficial what like I always do a praise dance coming under budget so I think I mean in the sense of not hitting numbers that way I think that's great but for those who are real like on the dot by the book have to hit the numbers every single time type people this one might be a little bit better in the sense of less stress and anxiety because once you set a number you can hit that number and then that way you don't have to think about your wants are covered and everything else is going to be accounted for once you break it down to pay yourself off you know what I mean I don't really agree with this one I think it's a little loose again I'm also a person who can who can sometimes get a little impulsive if there's something I really really want I've been holding off for a while on but other than that I think it's great for people who just don't want to think about numbers or not that great with numbers because a lot of people aren't that great with numbers and there's nothing wrong with that I just I get it finances can get very scary and there's a lot that I still don't know and I'm like get very overwhelmed quickly whenever I do start researching and learning so I completely get it if you just don't want anyone to touch it but having a little bit of control of your finances is something I highly recommend so those are the seven budgets. Again, you can apply the ties and offering principles if you want to. You don't have to. It's completely up to you. It's just from my experience, that's what I do. So I always take that into account regardless of what I do. My personal budget is kind of a mix of the 50, 30, 20 and the savings first. So what I personally do is I calculate all, sorry, that was my paper shuffling. I calculate all my bills that I have to pay for that month. I'm like, okay, so this is what I actually, this is what needs to be in the bank account so I can pay this. And this is advertising offerings. And I said, okay, this is what I have to pay this month. This, this amount needs to come out of my bank account this month. So I said, okay, so if I have that, I'm good. And so then from there I go, so what else? it's something that I want so I like my music I like my Apple music and I do Spotify so it's like well those two things I can at least do those and if there's something else that I want let's say a big purchase like I need to get a new ceiling fan and I've been looking at shopping I think I found the one that I want so now I'm like okay how many paychecks do I need to go to where I can establish consistently have the same amount to pay the bills every single month that I need to pay and then pay my two wants which is my music every single month and then I can if I have any extra I will be able to go get the ceiling fan and still be okay for the month and so that's what I do so it's kind of a mix and I do put out savings I'm like okay I gotta get my savings in there savings I count savings I have now put into needs in the sense of I need a savings and I savings is just a kind of a non-negotiable and same with the emergency fund the emergency fund and that's just because I've been burned too many times now to not have one so now my emergency fund is a need it is non-negotiable it has it has to be there because I am not about to get caught basically like cut out to dry again so that's kind of how I do things kind of just depends you know and you know as my as I grow and go through life it's gonna change once I get married it's gonna change not that I'm getting married anytime soon but I just know that it's gonna change you know as life goes on and as you know I get married and grow a family 
it's going to have to adjust and everything. And so now we can get into tools to help you with this budget because I think tools are great, like especially apps. I personally think apps are helpful. <laughs> Granted, I still need to work on like using them, but I think they will help anybody, especially people who are just all digital type people. I'm still kind of pencil and paper type, but if you can do, if you're all about the digital on your phone, I think these apps would really help. I think one of my favorites is Mint. One, because it's free. Two, you can put your money aside and put it into categories that you use every month and then you can see what you're spending, can track what you're spending, where you can save money, all this stuff like that. And it's, it's a great starter for anybody, especially because it's free and it's on iOS and Android. Another good one is Tiller. Tiller, it does cost $5 a month and it's a desktop app, but it's really good if let's say you're self-employed or you're someone who needs to see your money like in spreadsheets. If you're a big spreadsheet person, this is a great one for you. You can track spending, make a budget, create a financial dashboard, eliminate debt, all that stuff. And that would be a really good one for you. It's just $5 a month. Another one is called You Need a Budget. It's YNAB, You Need a Budget. It's kind of like, I don't know, It it's really I'd highly recommended by this person article i've never used it i've never seen it um it's 11.99 per month and i think they charge yearly so it's like 84 dollars a year it's for ios and android it's really good because it's a money management system and it combines basically like other apps and a method together to actually work um a lot of people have learned how to control their finances they stop stressing out live life they want and so if you really want if you can dish out the money you can take if you can spend the money um that one seems like a really good one i could recommend i would recommend that one um especially if you're more experienced um personal capital is a good one i think i mean i used one called capital and i stopped because they're being a little shady but personal capital is a good one you can put all your accounts in one place your bank accounts retirement finds all of it your investments and investments and all that stuff I will if you want I will get into another episode about it later especially coming from a young person but I like the I like the fact about it that you can put all your accounts together I think that's a big one for me is I need somewhere where I can see everything all in one place which is why I think I like writing it down because when I write it down I can just all put it together in one place and then work from there so that's what I think I really like that one about it's free you know it's free it's available on the iOS and android so you can get it and i mean i recommend that one a lot i do the other one is every dollar and it basically is really convenient like you're really paying for the convenience um which is going to be nice and especially in the world we live in so you can create a custom monthly budget and save money you can also build wealth and you can give with it i really like that one um dave ramsey talks about it all the time it's like the one app that he just recommends um he the the app itself used the zero based budget approach so that's why i haven't touched it as the one well that and the fact that it costs 129.99 annually so i'm like it's not in my budget to get it right now and third i don't know if i can commit to the zero base budget honestly so there's that one the other one's um, pocket guard pocket guard is one of the easiest to use you can get free or paid it's up to you it's going to be 3.99 per month if you do pay for it it mainly just makes getting like paying bills and managing other multiple accounts and stuff easy because you can put all your accounts and stuff again in one place just like the pa uh, personal capital that one's really good pocket guard it's just i mean simple i recommend pocket guard a person 
the ones I really recommend are Parking Guard First in the Capital and Mint. Mint's definitely for beginners. So you can just put your money, see where your money is going. Personal Capital, if you want to really get a handle and crunch some numbers. And then, of course, Parking Guard, which is kind of like the same thing with um, Personal Capital. I just really like the fact that you can put all your accounts in one place. And then the second to last one's called Envelope. So the basic plan is $4 a month or $40 per year. It's available on iOS or Android. But basically, it helps you make more informed budgeting decisions for future plans you can check your bank accounts and credit cards alongside your budget and help pay off your debt increase savings faster and you can also create a financial plan with it which i like i really do like that fact and so that's one i think you would like again if you want to pay for it go for it i'm in a place right now where i am very very strict on my finances i will probably loosen up once stuff changes and hopefully i'll get really good news soon so once that happens i will probably be a little bit looser and i am extremely strict on where my money goes okay and so the last one is called money strands that i would recommend to you it's a free personal app it helps manage your money achieve your goals and helps you make better decisions it's free it's on the iOS and on Android and it partners with over 500 banks and so I really like that one because again it's good for beginners you know where your money's going you can manage your money it's really convenient it's all in your pocket all these apps are in your pocket and that's why I really like them because they're convenient and if you're paying for them you're paying really for the convenience and the help because these are going to also help you make better habits for your finances so that's the apps that I recommend for you yeah and I did a lot of talking so I'm going to end it here. I hope you guys are having a good first quarter. I hope you're enjoying your 2020. I want you to stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, keep your stuff clean. Don't let anybody touch your stuff. If you have personal stuff, don't let anyone share it. Keep it to yourself. Sanitize when you can. Don't over sanitize. Don't overwash because that's going to kill all the good bacteria. It's going to make all this other going to make things worse. But do stay clean. Don't share things with other people. Keep your distance if you are not this is okay my side soap rant if you are not feeling good if you have a cough if you in the cough you can't control it well if you're sneezing a lot when you sneeze there are very you can put it in your shirt in your elbow just or if you are somewhere where you can't get yourself if your hands aren't free to do that if you can get to an area like a clean like area where low people and sneeze out do that i said just please be mindful if you are not feeling well or if you know you're a little gross be mindful of other people or you had a symptom or you could or i mean it could be allergies it could be because the season's changing and my voice has been going back and forth up and down for the past two weeks because of the season's changing if you feel like it's more than that go to your doctor see what they can do but please be mindful of other people please be mindful of where you put your stuff please be mindful of touching other people sharing things just be courteous be mindful be courteous okay i'm done with my rant i'm officially saying goodbye and signing off i hope you guys have a great month it's thundering outside so if you're thundering that's what that is and i'm going to leave you alone now i will talk to you guys later bye Thank you for listening to the Workaholics Wisdom Podcast. If you made it to the end and you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button to get a new episode every month and follow me on Instagram at Workaholics Wisdom Pod to get behind the scenes sneak peeks. And you can find me on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks guys. I'll talk to you later.